0: A reading from Paul's first letter to the Corinthians, chapter 10, verses one through 13. For I do not want you to be unaware, brothers, that our fathers were all under the cloud, and all passed through the sea, and all were baptized into Moses in the cloud and in the sea, and all ate the same spiritual food, and all drank the same spiritual drink, for they drank from the spiritual rock that followed them, and the rock was Christ. Nevertheless, with most of them, God was not pleased, for they were overthrown in the wilderness. Now these things, these things took place as examples for us that we might not desire evil as they did. Do not be idolaters as some of them were. But with the temptation he will also provide the way of escape that you may be able to endure it. The word of the Lord. Be
1: to God. I invite you to stand. Let us pray together Psalm 103 responsively by whole verse. Praise the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me praise his holy name. Who forgives all your sin and heals all your infirmities. Who saves your life from the dead and crowns you with mercy and loving kindness. Who satisfies you with good things, renewing your youth like an eagle's. The Lord executes righteousness and judgment for all those who are oppressed and wrong. He showed his ways to Moses, his works to the children of Israel. He will not always chide us, neither will he keep his anger forever. He has not dealt with us for our sins, nor us for our sins. For as the heavens are high above the earth, so great is his mercy also towards those who fear him. As far as the east is from the west, so far has he set our sins from us. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. The Holy Gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ according to Luke. Glory to you, Lord Christ. There were some present at that very time who told Jesus about the Galileans whose blood Pilate had mingled with their sacrifices. And Jesus answered them, do you think that these Galileans were worse sinners than all the other Galileans because they suffered in this way? No, I tell you, but unless you repent, you will all likewise perish. Or those 18 on whom the tower in Siloam fell and killed them, do you think that they were worse offenders than all the others who lived in Jerusalem? No, I tell you, but unless you repent, you will all likewise perish. And he told this parable. A man had a fig tree planted in his vineyard, and he came seeking fruit on it and found none. And he said to the vine dresser, Look, for three years now I have come seeking fruit on this fig tree, and I find none. Cut it down. Why should it use up the ground? And he answered him, Sir, let it alone this year also until I dig around it and put on manure. Then, if it should bear fruit next year, well and good. But if not, you can cut it down. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Christ.
2: Will you pray with me? Good and gracious God, open our hearts to your word. Speak to us that we may be transformed into your likeness. For it's in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen. Have a seat. It could be a scene from last night's headlines, YouTube video and all. A sacred space full of worshipers, a vicious sudden attack execution style, blood and gore everywhere, spattered. If that same event happened here, you can imagine blood and gore up the frontal on the fair linen, falling into the chalice, staining the wafers. It's not hard to imagine, as horrifying as it is, in light of recent news stories we keep seeing. And what if? What if it were here? And what if it wasn't a deranged terrorist that caused all of this, but it was the Fairfax police? Or the Virginia National Guard? The very people who were supposed to protect us, turning against us in the middle of worship. Horrifying, horrifying. Imagine the emotions you would feel. Think of them if that happened. Horror, terror, fury, outrage, and of course mixed with sorrow. Just too terrible to imagine even. And imagine this, what if it, weren't an isolated incident, but actually it seemed to be coming a way of life, something to be expected. Then what things would rumble inside of you, inside of all of us? That's the opening scene of today's gospel. That's the backdrop. And a squad of people come to Jesus and say, Jesus, did you hear? Did you hear how they mix The blood with the sacrifices. Those Galileans. Did you see what Pilate did? Did you hear? Well, he probably had, even though there wasn't YouTube. The uh, communication lines in small Palestinian villages probably beats YouTube. He, of course, had heard. It was a horrifying event. Of course, he knew. And they probably knew he knew but they want to know what he will say. They want to know what Jesus thinks. Maybe it's another trick question, like so many that sort of sound innocent. Where do you stand, Jesus, on this one? Isn't this just so horrifying? You've got to take a stand. Are you for us or are you against us? Are you for Pilate or against him? And remember, any anti-pilot talk would surely get him arrested, or maybe worse. In the light of this question, whether it was innocent or not, I'm kind of thinking it wasn't, Jesus' response is shocking. He says to them, Do you think they were any worse than any other Galileans because they suffered like this? And of course, everyone listening to Jesus is thinking, of course. Why else would this happen to them, something so gruesome? Of course they're worse. Jesus says, looking around, can you picture it? No. No. And if you don't repent, you too will perish. The word means be destroyed. If you don't repent, you'll be destroyed. And before they catch their breath, Jesus goes on and describes another horrifying event. And how about those 18 on whom the Tower of Siloam fell? Were they worse offenders than anyone else living in Jerusalem at the time? And the crowd thinks, of course they were. Of course they were. This tower was probably part of Pilate's um, aqueduct building program, a, a program, a building program, Uh, the money for which he stole from the temple treasury. So there's all this kind of feeling around that building. And the workers were probably collaborators, right? God's people helping out the Romans with stolen temple money. Can you imagine? So when Jesus says, were they worse offenders? The crowd is thinking, of course they were. Of course they were worse sinners. We don't do anything like that. And Jesus says, no. No. And unless you repent, you will be destroyed too. Be completely destroyed. It's shocking. Like so many other answers Jesus gives, it's shocking. And we who read the Bible over and over again, we miss the shock. This is a shocking comment. Imagine the squad sputtering as they hear this answer. How dare you, Jesus? Imagine the rest of the crowd in shocked silence or maybe whispering, worried whispers, what is he up to? Jesus, they're all thinking, whose side are you on anyway? Why are you pointing at us and not them? Why? We didn't do these things. Jesus knows they're asking that, but he doesn't answer the question. He tells a parable, as he often does. There was a fig tree planted in a garden. This fig tree had a gardener taking care of it. Now, fig trees were usually planted, and if they were planted, they grew like weeds. You did not have to take care of a fig tree. So here we are, this fig tree, cosseted, babied, and the owner and the gardener are looking at this cosseted fig tree. For three years, the owner says, I've been coming looking for fruit. So you might think, if you know anything about fruit trees, well, so what, three years? You know, what, what's the problem with that? You know, you would expect fruit to take a while to really be scrumptious. But this three years well, let me just say, the fig tree was always given three years before they expected any fruit from it. The second three years, the fruit was called unclean. It was probably scrawny and, you know, not very sweet. So for we're up to year six, right? And then the seventh year, the owners expected to bring fruit from the tree as an offering to the Lord. So here we are. This owner has been coming three years. You do the math. What year are we in? We're in year nine. Nine years with a fig tree that has been babied, has had care and time. This fig tree, frankly, is a hopeless case. This fig tree is sterile. There's no other way to think about it. And everyone in the audience knew that. Nine years? Of course, dig it up. The owner is completely reasonable in saying, our translation said cut it off, but really it's dig it up by the roots, pull it out all the way, down deep, dig it up. He's not mean or grouchy to say dig it up. You know, why should the grapevine suffer because of this hopeless case fig tree? Why should it be able to steal nutrients that the soil might need? Dig it up. Of course, a vineyard is always a sign of the people of God. Whenever you hear it in scripture, perk up your ears. People of God, the nation of Israel. So maybe he's saying, dig out this leader who's causing us trouble. Or before he does more harm to God's people. Listeners are thinking, hmm, go Jesus, go, destroy him, destroy Pilate, destroy that squad who's trying to test you, destroy those religious leaders, destroy those collaborators, destroy those oppressors, but remember what Jesus just said a few minutes ago? It's you. you, unless you repent. Anyway, the tension eases as Jesus tells this parable. You know, it's a parable, Jesus often uses parables because it's a safe way to tell a political, make a political statement. He can't say, slay Pilate, but he can say, dig up the fig tree. But Jesus isn't done, right? This parable isn't finished. sir, The gardener says, give it one more year. Give it one more year. Let me dig around, put on some manure. People are chuckling, right? You're supposed to get that manure on these folks, right? Let's a little dig on the leaders. Put on some manure. Let me just take one more year. And next year, if it bears fruit, well and good. If not, then you can dig it up. It's a ridiculous thing to say. Did you catch that? I mean, it's ridiculous. But the gardener pleads, one more year. Let me try again, one more time. And the parable ends. We don't know how it ends. We don't know the end of the story. We don't know if the owner says, okay, I'll give you one more year, but that's it. We don't know, well, we think we know that the fig tree will still be sterile but we don't know for sure whether the gardener's care this year might make a difference. But we do know, we do know what side Jesus is on, right? And it might not be the side we want him to be on. Jesus is on the side of compassionate longing for his people to turn to him and be fruitful. That's the sign. That's the side that Jesus is on. Jesus is on the side of compassion, even towards fruitless, sterile people who are supposed to be people of God. That's the side Jesus is on. He's longing, hopeful, beyond any kind of reason, taking on the hard work of that gardener Spreading on manure, even if it makes him smell too. Sacrifice, care, even in the face of what looks absolutely hopeless. One more year. One more year. One more year of care. That's the kind of care Jesus has for the crowd, for the nasty squad. For the religious leaders, even for Pilate, one more year, repent, he challenges them. Repent or you will be destroyed. It flips our switch on what he means by repent, right? He's not saying turn or burn. He's saying, please turn around, recognize what you're doing, turn to me because otherwise you will be destroyed. My dear friends, these words are not just for Jesus' listeners 2,000 years ago, right? That's why Luke includes it in his gospel. That's why Christians keep reading it year after year, or in our case, maybe every three years. These are words for us. Some of us some of you could be sitting in that crowd making judgments being furious being horrified horrified with our leaders of the nation of our church horrified and furious at those who are furious at our leaders right horrified and furious at those who are furious who are furious at their leaders Horrified, furious with those who don't see the truth. Horrified and furious about how much harm has come to God's people because of failed leadership. Furious with those who judge us. And, you know, you're probably right. We're probably right. There's just cause for our fury. But here again, speaking to us, Jesus shocks us. Shocks us to see it a different way. Jesus speaks to all of us about all of this. And he says two things. First, you probably can guess. Repent! Repent! Reconsider your way of life. Repent so you aren't destroyed. Respond to God's extra effort his tender care of you, turn around. Turn around to his desire for you to be fruitful, even if it smells like manure. Turn to him and start again. Let go. And second, be compassionate. Be compassionate. One more year, one more time, even if it looks hopeless. Even if it takes sacrifice. Even if it's excruciatingly hard work. Seek to see others through Jesus' eyes. I don't really like hearing that. Repent. Be compassionate like Jesus is. And just like in the parable, we don't know how the story ends, do we? We don't know. Jesus doesn't finish the story for us. He leaves that to us, to you, to me, to all of us. He waits one more year. He waits for us to repent of all that stuff, turn back to him. He waits one more year, not forever, but one more year to have compassion on us, even in all our fury. So friends, will we? Will we repent? Will we have compassion? You know, a lot of you have asked me, Mary, what can we do to prepare for our new rector? May he come quickly, or she. Here's what. Here's what you can do to prepare. To prepare to be God's fruitful people. Repent. Repent. Let God shine a light on all those angry feelings. All those desire to do angry things. Repent. And let God strengthen your compassion muscles. To Have patient compassion one more year. For all those people who don't deserve it. Some of them sitting right here in your mind. So, will we? Will we? Let me pray again this collect that we prayed earlier as a close. Heavenly Father, you have made us for yourself, and our hearts are restless until they rest in you. Look with compassion upon the Heartfelt desires of your servants and purify our disordered affections, that we may behold your eternal glory in the face of Christ Jesus, who lives and reigns with you and the Holy Spirit, one God, forever and ever.